Hello guys, welcome to another wonderful episode of Watchless Wednesday where we sit down, um, sometimes me, sometimes with my friend Clement, sometimes with other people, who knows, and we talk about what's going on in the market and we talk about what's happening around crypto and other technology sometimes. So today we have a number of interesting topics that I would love to cover and go into more detail on that I think are also very relevant, uh, especially, uh, specifically this week. Uh, things that are a bit new and that you probably have not have heard of at all um, in the past couple weeks, uh, have no idea we were going to you know, expect to come to fruition this week. Um, some surprising stuff and stuff that's not surprising that's also kind of typical. So we're going to run through a number of those things. Um, just to kind of list them real quick, we're going to talk about Microsoft's massive acquisition of Activision, what that means, their play for the metaverse, and probably how they'll become a major competitor with Facebook slash Meta um, on this front, what that means for crypto. We're also going to talk about Mark Cuban supposedly having about 80% of all of, his, all of his investments in crypto right now or around crypto or around the crypto industry if it's not in Shark Tank investments. It's a very interesting article. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about Intel and the fact that they're making this play for Bitcoin mining, which they have not done at all prior for whatever reason, but now they're making that push and they have an ASIC coming out in February. We're going to look at that. We're going to talk about the contrast between two things. Uh, this big bank squeeze that think uh, where people think that it is going to be hurting the crypto market or has been hurting the crypto market. We're also going to talk about this potential Bitcoin slumber that's been going on that it could wake out of based on derivatives data in the futures market. So there's two sides of the coin here. We're going to talk about both. We're going to see if it's going to be incredibly bullish or bearish for Bitcoin this year in 2022. And we're going to finish it off with Gucci NFTs and what that means for NFTs and the fashion industry. So that should be fun. So starting off with Microsoft, let's go ahead and pull this guy up. So Microsoft just acquired Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. If you're not familiar with Activision, they are very well known for creating titles such as Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, and another number of other video games. They're incredibly popular today. Um, the deal with Activision was $68.7 billion, far in excess of the $26 billion Microsoft paid to acquire LinkedIn in 2016. It is Microsoft's biggest push into gaming, and the company says it will be the third largest gaming company by revenue behind Tencent and Sony once the deal closes. Microsoft plans to add many of Activision's games to Xbox Game Pass. Once the deal closes with the acquisition of Activision, Microsoft will soon push franchises like Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Call of Duty, and Candy Crush upon close, they will offer as many, ah, sorry, Activision Blizzard games as can within Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to find the stuff on the metaverse here. We're investing deeply in world-class content community and the cloud to usher in a new era of gaming that puts players and creators first and makes gaming safe, inclusive, and accessible to all. But honestly, the reality behind why they're doing this is because they need to get into the gaming space, they need to get into the metaverse space, and they need to have some kind of 
all have branched into the crypto industry and in, to NFTs and everything that this stuff is all about. Um, they're a very big and powerful company. They have a lot of money. They've been on the sidelines for a while, and this is kind of their opportunity to become a big player in the space with Facebook already kind of being there, um, with Amazon having Twitch and being involved in gaming from that side and being so close to crypto as well. They need to be able to compete, and this is how they are going to do it. So this is a very, very big acquisition that, you know, maybe you don't think is a big deal, but in the end, it makes them a big player in this game. So be keep an eye out for Microsoft to be doing a lot more when it comes to, to gaming and metaverse activities. It should be very interesting. Um, I totally forgot to highlight it. You know, I have to run through these and click on them myself in order to change it. Um, moving on to Mark Cuban. So we all know Mark Cuban has a number of investments. He's a very famous billionaire investor, specifically known for what he's doing in Shark Tank with the Dallas Mavericks, yada, 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 and also lately crypto, where Mark Cuban says that 80% of his investments that aren't on Shark Tank are actually crypto related. Um, hearing directly from him himself, the investments I'm making now are not in traditional businesses, Cuban said in a recent episode of The Problem with Jon Stewart. That's an interesting... Is that a show? The Problem with Jon Stewart? Oh, a podcast. In fact, 80% of the investments that I make that are not on Shark Tank are in or around crypto. One type of organization in particular has captured Cuban's attention, decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs. Now, I think people are going to invest a lot more into DAOs in the future. Um, they offer a lot of solutions through crypto and through blockchain where you can completely decentralize any typical organization. It could be a company. It could be some kind of working group. It could be government body. It could be a, a charity. It could be a normal business or LLC like in the U.S., um, there's a lot of applications for that, and I think you'll definitely see it within government solve a lot of issues, and I think there's a lot of good projects based around DAOs right now, and it makes sense, I guess, for him to invest in it this early and to put money towards that endeavor. In theory, a DAO is a blockchain-based collective that isn't governed by one person or entity. Like I said, any changes to the DAO's rules or governance must be voted on by its members to gain these voting rights. As well as other powers within the organization, investors typically hold the DAO's governance tokens. All these businesses are being formulated now that take this new approach. Cuban investor on ABC Shark Tank and owner of the Dallas Mavericks said. He added that there will be game-changing businesses that come from these types of organizations. I totally agree. I think it's a route. Um, a lot of investors will go and put their money. I think it's going to solve a lot of key issues. Um... So don't be surprised if you see people other than Mark Cuban actually jump on and, you know, do something similar. Um, moving on from the investing world a little bit, I want to talk about Intel. <clears throat> I think what they're doing is very interesting. I don't really think it's a great idea for them. They've really kind of dropped the ball on getting in on Bitcoin mining early. They've missed it for years. Um, their, their Intel chip has pretty much gotten... A wake-up call with the Apple M1. I think Intel is kind of hurting right now, and this is what they're looking to to be their salvation. Honestly, kind of sad, 
Um, I don't have a lot of high hopes for Intel in doing this, but <clears throat> nevertheless, this is news. <clears throat> Intel is going to unveil an ultra-low voltage Bitcoin mining ASIC in February. Um, it will supposedly allow them to compete with companies such as Bitmain and MicroBT. I think it's, you know, kind of bullshit, but who knows maybe they have a fantastic miner that's actually competitive that anyone could run that's going to use a lot less electricity i really doubt it at this point and i've been in the space and i've done it um and the only company that's really nailed this down is bitmain and bitmain has pretty much monopolized this industry and they'd crank out new miners every six months or every year um, to replace old ones and they really created a whole trend out of that I don't think this is an industry Intel can keep up with. I think that they would just get run to the ground. Again, I think they need money. I think they need something to do, something to put their chips towards. And I don't know if this is going to pan out. Uh, the article says one of Intel's highlighted chip releases at the conference is entitled Bonanza Mine, an ultra-low voltage energy efficient Bitcoin mining ASIC. The session is scheduled for February 23rd. So later in February, we should see more news about this. This brings the company into direct competition with the likes of Bitmain MicroBT. I, I don't concur. I don't agree with that. In the market for Bitcoin mining ASICs or application-specific integrated circuits for the first time. I, I feel like this is just, you know, a really crappy article, to, to be honest. Um, nothing against Coindesk, but I just don't think Intel is going to really be much of a big player in this. Crypto mining has in the past driven up demand and prices for graphics processing units, including Intel's, so much so that it attracted attracted the ear of gamers. Unlike its competitor, NVIDIA, Intel has said it doesn't plan to add Ether mining limits on its graphing cards. Because they're going all in on crypto, because they need to make money, they're really opening up to the space. NVIDIA has a huge gaming market, huge PC market that they can sell to. And so it makes sense for them to lock their cards and try and limit mining um, and make it unprofitable. Plus, NVIDIA is far better at creating chips and creating graphics cards and being in this industry than Intel is. And Intel's a big company, which is kind of funny. But anyways, that is just, you know, the woes of Intel. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I don't really think it's going to pan out very well for them. And they really should just stay away from it, in my opinion. Um, moving forward, beyond all the tech, let's move into finance. I want to talk about this central bank squeeze it could be hurting the crypto markets and what people are saying about that um, why people are saying that um, in this article morgan stanley says crypto markets are weakening as central banks look to tighten um, there's some truth to it the imminent start of central bank tightening is putting pressure on the crypto markets what does the article say what are these people saying what do they know Low interest rates, expansion of central bank balance sheets, and government stimulus were all drivers of exponential cryptocurrency price rises in the last two years, Morgan Stanley said in a research note. Okay, true. Leveraged crypto markets are now weakening at the U.S. Federal Reserve. As the U.S. Federal Reserve and other central banks look to slow their balance sheet expansion and prepare the markets for interest rate hikes, the bank's head of cryptocurrency research, blah, 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 wrote in a report published last week. Retail investor sentiment on social media has also started to turn less bullish. Morgan Stanley notes that Bitcoin's market cap has tracked the growth of global money supply since late 2013. Um, yada, yada, yada. You know, the big thing is there is tightening coming with the banks. 
um, you know, there's a lot of worry that we could have another QE events, that we could have interest rates raise, um, the, the money supply, the inflation, there's been a correlation with Bitcoin for a long time with that. There was actually a chart I wanted to pull up, but we'll have to save it for another time. I don't think this is going to necessarily hurt the markets or weaken the markets, but it will delay things for sure. Um, it will delay the massive price increases and rises that we've seen. And that doesn't mean that we can't see things pop in this first quarter of 2022. I've been thinking that that was going to happen at some point because it's been so damn quiet since we had that turnaround back in July last year. Ever since then, we had you know Bitcoin run up, nothing else moved, and then it went quiet going into this quarter. And now we're at a point where something's got to happen. Um, and a lot of this news doesn't necessarily make sense because it doesn't really fit the narrative of where the market's at and doesn't fit the narrative of what traders are doing, period. Um, no, traders are actually buying more. There's a lot of whales. There's a lot of people with a lot of cash, billions of dollars on the sidelines. They're going in, they're buying. They're buying at these levels. They're fill, um, forming new su support levels on Bitcoin and Ether. Um, geez, look at the way Ether has performed over the last six months. It's crazy. I, I don't think this is a bad market. I just think it's in a huge slowdown because of uh, inflation rate concerns, because of interest rate hike concerns, and stuff like this. There, there's truth to the article, but this is not the reality of what the market is, which is why I want to talk about this other bullet point, this you know Bitcoin slumber that I think is a little bit more accurate. They might shed some light onto kind of what's going on. Um, <clears throat> so looking into this article to kind of cover that a bit more, uh, it says Bitcoin may soon wake up from slumber. Derivatives data indicates futures markets remain a powder keg for short-term volatility. Any kind of short-term move or volatility can dictate the entire trend of the market for the entire year and beyond that. And I think that will happen again. It has to. It's been way too quiet. Um, day traders bored of Bitcoin's recent slumber may soon have to remain glued to their screens as a large number of open futures positions signaled renewed price turbulence ahead. Futures markets remain a powder keg for short-term volatility with perpetual futures open interest at about 250,000 Bitcoin historical elevated level. According to Glassnode, and Glassnode is no bullshit. Glassnode is very, very good at curating and putting together the statistics and the research you need to understand. Um, I've used them a lot. They have a lot of resources, so it's actually fantastic. And I highly recommend that you guys check them out too. If you're a trader, you're an investor, and you want more detailed information on the market. Um, since April, this has paired with large pivots in price action as the risk for a short or long squeeze increases resolved in market-wide deleveraging events again by Glassnode futures contract is an obligation to sell or buy we don't want to talk about futures contracts in that much detail um, well, here's one of their Glassnode charts on Bitcoin it, it holds a lot of credits especially the futures market it really does move the market a ton in a time where Bitcoin is highly saturated with a lot of different people and addresses and people buying and using it for different reasons and getting more involved in it, futures definitely move it a lot more than normal buys and sells. Um, you got to keep in mind, you know, Bitcoin is not 
a tiny crypto anymore. It's not, um, it's not even comparable to Ethereum and Ethereum is huge. Um, keep that in mind. It's, it's not like Ravencoin right now. It's, it's not the likes of Potcoin. It's, um, Bitcoin's a very big deal, a multi-trillion dollar asset and growing. So, you know, normal buys and sells aren't going to move Bitcoin as much. It's very rare to see that happen. You know, it's futures and derivatives and ETFs and people taking massive leverage out. Um, these exchanges moving around and, and uh, tons of money and facilitating private buys and sells, OTC. Um, there's a lot of things that are more responsible for Bitcoin than the normal stuff. And a lot of that gets glanced over and we say, oh, well, people aren't buying Bitcoin in the traditional way anymore. Or they're selling it in different ways. And so that's messing up the price. Reality is it's just not entirely the case. The Bitcoin market is far more complicated than we give it credit for. And as a result of that complexity, um, we have a slowdown in price, slowdown in volatility. And, you know, actually, that's something to celebrate. That's pretty good. The fact that Bitcoin hasn't crashed below 30,000, especially back in July, for the most part, and stayed that low or gone, gotten worse, it's actually a huge testament to its value proposition and it being able to hold value. So I'm actually even more excited about how Bitcoin has handled a drawback of 35 to 40%. Um, when the last time this happened in 2018, it crashed like 80, 85%. So this is a, a huge, um, huge improvement in Bitcoin alone. And I think it says a lot about crypto and we should be more excited about actually investing into it. Um, going into the rest of the year, then we should be afraid of it. So I think Bitcoin is more or less in a slumber than it is in a weakening market. I think Bitcoin's going to wake up at some point. And we saw that over the fall where it touched its all-time high and actually broke through it. And there's been no point where it has done that and it has not gone to insanely higher prices and justified that. So don't be one of those people that completely misses out because of ignorance and thinking that this market's just dead for some reason. It's not. Markets fluctuate. Markets go up. Markets go down. Um, this is a time to position, you know, accordingly if you want to profit from it. <clears throat> the last thing I want to talk about outside of tech, outside of finance, is Gucci. Um, I, I like Gucci a lot. I like fashion. I like clothing brands. I like seeing them collab with NFTs, to be honest. And this one is pretty cool. And it's not the first time I think Gucci has done something. It's not the first time any kind of fashion brand, I think, has done something with NFTs at this point. I think they see the value and the future of it. Um, and this one is just an example. Gucci's doing an NFT collection with the Super Plastic brand, which I actually am not familiar with, but we're going to read it. Um, Renowned luxury fashion house Gucci has partnered with digital character brand Super Plastic to launch a Super Gucci non-fungible token collection. The theme of the collection is centered around combining classic Gucci motifs and designs with Super Plastic digital characters, Jinky and Gugaman. Gugaman, I, I don't know how to say that. The NFTs were created by Gucci's head of design, Alessandro Michel. In collaboration with Super Plastic, only 250 NFTs will be minted to be released on three occasions, launching February 1st. Um, the initial collection will come with an exclusive ceramic, ceramic sculpture handcrafted by Gucci's ceram, ceramics, ceramicist, ceramicist, 
in Italy. Um, that'd be kind of cool to have. I bet these are going to be really expensive, like 20 grand plus easily. Oh, yeah, look. This is not Gucci's first go at NFTs. Last year it auctioned a Gucci Aria NFT at Christie's for 25000 Yeah, I, you know, I think this is the direction a lot of these brands are going, especially since some NFT brands are incredibly popular right now and already have the veil of luxury and being so expensive. Um, and they mentioned one here, like taking Board Ape Yacht Club, for example, just completely burst onto the scene after CryptoPunks and his completely just shattered expectations with where NFTs could go and how they could become more of a, I don't know if I would say luxury product, but maybe like some really high value collectible or tradable item um, or something that people could invest in outside of arts. It, it's been really interesting and unique. Um, and you're going to see a lot of different companies jump into this, a lot of different fashion brands that can benefit from NFT specifically. Um, talked about a little bit on the last episode we did the other day with Monty Preston. Uh, she's an, a manager for art advisory at Saatchi Art. Saatchi Art is a huge, huge um, curator and collective of art online, and they're getting into NFTs as well. We were talking about the same thing, though. Um, Gucci, Dolce, Gabbana, Louis Vuitton, um, everything from gaming, NFTs and gaming, metaverse stuff, setting up their own blockchains, verification methods. Fashion is going to be a huge use case for this industry. Um, there's going to be absolutely no surprise there to see these big mega brands. And eventually you'll see the likes of the Walmarts and the Targets, um, you know, jump into the space as well and do something. And I think Walmart's making a huge metaverse play as well, if, if I'm correct. I'll have to cover that maybe next time on the show. But fashion is going to be a huge use case. It's going to, it makes a lot of sense. Um, they're going to test out a lot of these solutions that blockchain's claiming to solve everything from supply chain and verification, authenticity, secondary market sales and tokenization, um, different kinds of offerings, uh, doing NFTs, doing collabs. But you'll first start seeing, you know, the, the Louis Vuittons and Gucci's of the world doing collabs with crypto punks and Dapper Labs and um, MeBits and Board Ape Yacht Club and Mutant Ape Yacht Club. Um, that's probably what's going to happen first, and those will be insanely popular. And then you'll see real use cases roll in, but they're just playing on the trend. Um, and don't think they don't have value. They have value. They're getting endorsed by massive luxury brands, and they're the most valuable brands in the world, some of them, especially Louis Vuitton. So if they're endorsing this stuff, and then that just adds credence to the whole NFT boom that you've seen. And I think that'll continue in 2022. So uh, don't be surprised at all. Anyways, that is Watchlist Wednesday. Um, again, just to recap, we covered the Microsoft massive acquisition of Activision and what that will mean. We talked about Mark Cuban's 80% um, in crypto and not necessarily everything else. He's really bought into the industry. We talked about the Intel's um, ASIC that they're going to bring out in February and whether or not they can compete or if it's just complete bullshit. Um, we talk about the difference between the big bank squeeze and not hurting the crypto markets versus Bitcoin maybe just being quiet, maybe Bitcoin being asleep and about to wake up. And then finishing off with Gucci NFTs and fashion NFTs. Anyways, that was Watch This Wednesday. I hope you guys enjoyed, and we will see you for the next episodes later this week and next week on Watch This Wednesday. Ciao.